guys, welcome to From My Lens Podcast. Now, today's episode is called Going Remote with Cherie Francis. Cherie has been traveling over five years now, living in countries such as America, Australia, New Zealand, United Kingdom, Bali, and many more. Since she settled in Bali two years ago, she received hundreds of messages asking how she was able to work anywhere in the world from her laptop. And this is when SAF coaching was born. Cherie decided to put her strength and experience in action, which are seven years of sales experience, startup, and determination to help others. Since creating this business, SAF has also been featured on CNN, Wanderlust Magazine, iNews, Destination Travel Show, plus many more. Her mission with SAF is to prove that you don't need a degree, loads of money, or experience to get started working online. Anyone can do this and create you. And this is what this podcast is all about. How to be location independent and how to get out of your comfort zone. So please help me welcome Sheree Francis. How are you today? Hello. Well, first off, thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. And secondly, I'm feeling really, really good. It's very sunny here in Mexico, so I cannot complain. Awesome. Yeah, I wanted to come to Mexico, but we ended up in Lisbon. <laughs> yes, yeah, I remember. <laughs> um, yeah, so you've been a digital nomad for um, how many years again? So I've been a digital nomad for around two, three, about three years now. Mm-hmm. But I've been traveling full time for just under six years. Wow, that is incredible. Now, walk us through your personal journey as a digital nomad and how or rather what motivated you to get started with being location independent and travel to various countries. Yeah, so in terms of the, I guess, the catalyst for me getting started as a digital nomad was I was already traveling at the time. So the first place that I went to was the US. I did Camp America for a few months and I really just got the itch for traveling. Mm-hmm. So after um, Camp America, I went back to England for a few weeks and then I flew to Australia. I did a working holiday visa there for a year. Right. After that, I moved to New Zealand for a year. After New Zealand, I started backpacking around Southeast Asia for around four months. Right. And then after that four months, I went back to Australia on a student visa. Mm-hmm. And when I was studying, well, actually, when I arrived on a student visa, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the student visas in Australia. Um, not but, in Australia, but I am aware of youth mobility. I believe in Europe they have that here. Yeah. So you can only work up to 20 hours a week on a student visa okay. and obviously you know you have to pay your fees up front and I had to pay for living costs and travel costs and food and wow. all the things living in Melbourne and you know it's not it's not cheap so mm-hmm. you know paying for all your expenses and all of those costs on top I was just thinking to myself oh my goodness how how am I actually going to afford this like, how can I sustain this and Mm -hmm. it was really hard finding a job as well because a lot of the um, companies that I was applying for they would only 
they would only want me to work on certain days. And on those days I was at school. So mm-hmm. it was really hard trying to find a job that would take me part time for the, the days and the hours that I could do. So, yeah, so I just kind of had this predicament and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I might have to do maybe like a cash in hand job and then I'll have to find some kind of office job that will take me and accept my hours. Yeah. And that's how I'm, I'm going to have to survive. I'm going to have to do two jobs. There's no way I can work only 20 hours a week and survive because oh, I, yeah, because I don't rely on anyone else. So mm-hmm. I pay for everything myself. I don't have family that pays for anything for me. Yeah. I've always been completely independent. That's amazing. So, yeah. So I was just like, oh my gosh, what, what am I going to do? And, and I've, I remember I've always wanted to work online. Yeah. But I just, I just never knew how to do it. Yeah, that's actually was going to be my next question. Like, what? Yeah. Start? Yeah. Yeah, like that was honestly the, the hardest part because I've, I've tried for years. I, you know, you always kind of get um, those like paid surveys. You kind of get lost in them. And then there's the MLMs. And there's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with MLMs, but it's just not really my thing. And there's a whole pyramid scheme thing. And all the things that I didn't want to do I just wanted a job where I could get consistent income online every single week every two weeks or every single month I wanted to do the exact same thing that I would do in an office but from my laptop from home so what did you do so yeah so I um I actually saw a job opening for an appointment setter okay and so my, my approach to finding work is never to apply. My approach is always to read the job, job description, find out who the owner is or whoever put out the advertisement, and then contact them directly. So I, yeah, so I found out who the owner of the company was, found her number, did, did my little research, found her number, and gave her a call straight away and just said, you know, I absolutely love you know, what you have to offer. I think I'd be a great fit because of this. And she was honestly blown away because no one ever does that. (laughs) People just, yeah, people usually just apply. And I was like, nah, I want the job. So I'm going to call her and, um, and try and get it that way. And she was super happy about it. I sent her through my resume directly to her email address. I actually followed up with her. It was either a day or two later. And she just loved that. She loved that I really took the initiative to, to reach back out and then and there she offered me the job and she said you can start on Monday and this was like Thursday or Friday and I was like oh I was like is it this how is it this easy (laughs) what am I just landing my first job (laughs) yeah like you actually went out of your way and you did all the things that people should be doing and I think that also showed your employer your determination so I think that's a really excellent approach Mm, thank you it definitely does you know make you stand out from everyone else because like I said everyone else just does the same old thing just send them the resume and wait for them to respond to you yeah and you know one of the steps that I didn't mention that I that I usually do as well is I actually do extensive research on the business Mm -hmm. so if I can I'll I'll try and find out who the business is I'll go on their website I'll do all the research you know have a look and see what I actually like about the the business you know what are their values does it align with my values and um you know obviously finding out who 
all the people on the team, doing a lot of research and then reaching out because then I've got leverage, right? Yeah. And yeah, it definitely makes you stand out. And that was just kind of like a snowball effect from there. I I thought, you know what, if I can do this for one business, then I'm sure there's going to be thousands of them that are also looking for someone like me. So um, yeah, within like two months, I was working with like five clients. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's excellent. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah I think that's something to definitely take away from is when you're applying, I think it's so good to like just, you know, direct the employers right away, do your research and stuff and kind of take it from there. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. And my next question to you is how is it for a single girl like I remember you have also traveled solo so that was I believe before you um were in America or yeah yeah so I've traveled solo for like five years so I recently got a boyfriend in so we've been saying to we met in Bali two years ago Mm-hmm. And I met him again in Colombia in February and we got quarantined together and we became official in April. So um, this is a, a quite a, a new relationship. But before that, always traveled solo, always backpacked solo, gone to all these, you know, moved to different countries solo, um, moving to different cities all the time within that country solo and, wow. um, and just meeting people along the way. Like okay. people get scared about traveling solo but the thing is you're never alone unless you want to be exactly that's so true and I think that's one of my fears as well well I'm with my boyfriend here in Lisbon but um yeah I truly haven't really traveled solo um and I guess I'm kind of I don't even know what some of the drawbacks are and which is what I want to ask you what were some of your drawbacks and achievements um, while dra- traveling solo yeah okay drawbacks whilst traveling solo I guess when I'm when I'm comparing traveling in a, in a couple now mm-hmm. when you're in a couple you can go you know 50 50 on things you know you can go 50 50 on accommodation things are cheaper um, you know we rented a car when we got to Mexico so it was a lot cheaper than me having to pay 100% of that yeah. So I'd say the drawbacks is that, you know, you have to pay for everything on your own. Yeah. And uh, another drawback, I might have to come back to the drawbacks because I, I'm struggling to, to really to really think of any kind of like negatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that, the pot. Uh, oh, sorry. Do you think that there has been times where you felt lonely, but, you know, like, how did you handle that situation? That's the thing when you travel solo is that, like I said before, you're never alone unless you actually want to be. Yeah. So, you know, if you're staying in hostels, so when I travel solo, I always stay in hostels when I first, when I go to a new place. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I do that is because you're putting yourself in an environment where there are other travelers, there's other solo travelers, just like you, who want to meet people, who want to explore and you know kind of have their fresh kind of goggles on to see this new culture and um, meet new people so yeah I definitely say you know travel in hostels to kind of to meet new people Mm -hmm. and 
Yeah, so honestly, um, when I wanted to be alone, I wanted to be alone. If I wanted to meet people, I would just talk to someone and yeah. say, oh, where are you traveling to? Where are you from? And then you form a, a friendship from there or some right. form of relationship. So it can be maybe a little bit more difficult if you're not used to, if you're super introverted and you're a little bit nervous about talking to new people, it can be a little bit of a struggle at first. But once you do it the first time, it honestly becomes like second nature. You just get so used to it. Yeah. And you have to. You have to put yourself in, you know, outside of your comfort zone. Definitely. This is the only way that you're going to meet people is if you speak Definitely. to people. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And I think that's what – because I had a nine-to-five job. Um, I was able to, um, you know, kind of travel on my own eventually before – my boyfriend joined me to Vietnam. So I traveled for a bit around there and then he joined. And then I was like, wait a second, this isn't so bad, even though it wasn't as long as, um, you know, your solo travel time, um, mm. it was just a matter of a few months, but I felt really good about it and, you know, a bit confident. And of course, initially there was that bit of nerve wracking experience that, you know, who am I speaking with? And just that nervousness. And then eventually I think when, um, you know, I started talking to other strangers. It just became very comfortable. Mm, yeah. yeah, I feel you. And I think also trusting your intuition is definitely. is something that I definitely believe in. Um, and, you know, if you're talking, it, it's, for me, it's not about talking to strangers because everyone's a stranger at first. <laughs> um, you kind of, yeah, if you looked at life like that, then you would have no friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, so everyone's a stranger at first and, and if you have a bad feeling about someone and your intuition is like, you know, avoid, then obviously trust your intuition. But yeah. I always welcome talking to strangers because you don't know who that stranger is. You don't know how they could have a massive impact on your life. They could be your best friend in yeah. the future. They could be a partner in the future. Um, they could your be your business partner. In the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so insane. Um, and I love it too. It's like, I never thought I'd have you on my podcast. I never even thought that, you know, I might even connect with you. It just happened because you went to Mexico and I was so curious to know what, how did you make it there with the whole COVID situation? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think that's a question that a lot of people are like, eh, how are you traveling during the pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were living in Colombia and we were there for around six months. And um, yeah, so the quarantine got really bad there and they were just super strict where you actually couldn't leave your house. So we were just like, you know what? We need to get out of here. It's been too long. Mm -hmm. So we did a bunch of research and we found that we could get a humanitarian flight out of Colombia okay. um, and met and we could we could go to Mexico so what we actually did was we we did book an end destination Mexico didn't actually ask for the end end destination but we yes. did book an end destination so my end destination will be the UK um, so Mexico would have been like the layover kind of thing but you could have a layover for two months if you wanted to yeah um and yeah so the process was do some research message email the Colombian embassy to let them know that you're wanting to leave 
And then we had to email the Mexican embassy because we needed to get accepted. Yes. And then once they approve, then we could then book our flights. And then we got to the airport, they ticked our name off the list, we entered and then we flew. And on arrival to Mexico, we got six month visas straight off the bat. So um, it was all very smooth, to be completely honest, all very smooth. And, you know, just following a process. And I think the main thing is just checking with the, the country where you're heading to, just checking with their embassy that you are able to travel to their um, country. And as soon as you get approval for them, from them, then you're good to go. Oh, okay. Amazing. And did you have to do any COVID test? We actually didn't. That wasn't a, a requirement for okay. um, for Mexico. Wow, that's surprising. Yeah, I think uh, same with Lisbon. Now uh, we that was one of that was not one of the requirements as well. Um, but do you think if you do leave Mexico, you know, if you go back to the UK or wherever, um, would you need to do COVID test? Would that be a requirement? I honestly don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to do research. Mm-hmm. It's actually funny you say this because I was talking with a friend um, this morning. Yeah, a friend from Bali, and she is also she's in Lisbon. Actually, I'll have to connect the two of you. But she's oh, also in Lisbon. Yeah. yeah, she's in Lisbon, and um, we were just talking about the process for her because she's American, okay. and she was coming from New Zealand to Lisbon and she's now thinking of traveling around Europe in a camper van. Um, And I was thinking about, oh, it'd be cool to maybe, you know, meet you in Europe and do a little little trip or something in a van. Um, And yeah, that was one of the questions that we were kind of thinking about, um, you know, if I would need to to do that or not. Because I know that they keep changing Mm -hmm. the rules in Europe. They keep going like, oh yeah, this is, lower oh, cases yeah. and it goes to ill and high so it's always up and down isn't it so yeah um yeah I honestly I'm not 100% sure what the requirements are I think every country is different yeah definitely and speaking yeah. of your friend she is American now is she how long is she here for because I know American and Canadians are only allowed to be here for 90 days unless you do like a visa run correct yeah, I think she's so her visa is now going to expire soon. Um, so this is why she's now thinking about, you know, where does she want to go to next? Does she do a road trip and do a visa run and then come back? So she's now in that stage where she's like, ah, oh, what should I do? I don't know. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, yeah. So another question for you here. So from my experience of being a digital nomad, Um, I felt a lot of people around me who have had nine to five jobs or just, you know, that typical mentality when it comes to job that, okay, when you have a job, it has to be nine to five office setting. Um, And they often didn't understand the concept of being location independent. So how can you explain what digital nomad is and how is that any better than having a nine to five job? Yeah, definitely. So Really good question, again. So this, you know, a lot of people are going to define digital nomads in, in different ways, but I guess what a digital nomad means for me is someone who is able to work 100% online, so 100% remote right. from your laptop, and you are nomadic. So you tend to travel, you tend to um, work from different locations, and so maybe today I'm going to work from the beach, but tomorrow I'm going to work from a cafe. 
So really having that flexibility to work and travel. <laughs> um, so that's what I get. That's what I would class a digital nomad as. And I think the difference with working a nine to five and, and being a digital nomad is really that flexibility right. and the freedom. And you know, sometimes people think that digital nomads don't work, and that's really not the case. <laughs> um, it's it's really hard. not the case. <laughs> yeah yeah they think that it's all sunshine and rainbows and lollipops and you know you know we are really building our own businesses a lot of us obviously not all of us because sometimes you know people freelance online but um you know a lot of us you know work a lot of hours but I think what's better than a nine-to-five is just having that full flexibility like if I want to if I want to go to Lisbon tomorrow I could literally book a flight and go to Lisbon, you know. Um, If I want to just – I'm actually going to, after we got off this um, call, I'm actually going to head to the beach, get some food, and work from the beach, you know. So being able to just switch it up, um, being able to maybe go to the gym midday and then, you know, meet up with some friends, maybe get a cocktail, you know, just having that freedom and flexibility to work on my own terms. Yes, definitely. I think that's that's what sets sets us apart from the nine to fivers, and and also being our own boss as well. That is that is huge. That is huge. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to add is, once you go digital nomad or location independent, it's so hard to go back to that nine to five <laughs> cubicle job. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's not gonna happen. It's, <laughs> it's never not gonna, gonna happen anymore. <laughs> It actually can't because the world is literally going digital. So exactly it, yeah. Yeah. So tech is taking over whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. Robots are taking over um, jobs that people might have done where they have to physically go in. A robot's not doing that or it's not automated. So you really have to start looking into working online if you if you want to have a job. Like is it? It really is the future. Really is. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, yeah, you just have to kind of work around that now, right? Um, mm. now, so do you think digital nomad lifestyle can be for everyone? Or is it just for very specific kinds of people? Hmm, that's an interesting one. <laughs> I think that hmm, that's a tough one. I think that it can be for everyone. Mm-hmm. But realistically, not necessarily. Some people really like, they just want a job where they can just go in and get paid and then just forget about everything, forget about the work until yeah. they have to go back into work. Um, kind of like you know, without anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. yeah. But some people actually enjoy that and some people, you know, not everyone wants to travel. Yeah. And which is really interesting. My sister actually, she's so scared of flights. Yeah. And, um, and, Traveling just doesn't interest her whatsoever. Right. And to me, that's kind of bizarre because I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. How could no one, how could um, someone not like traveling? Exactly. <laughs> uh, because, you know, it's my life. But unfortunately, everyone has a different reality and yeah. not everyone shares the same interests and the same desires and the same goals and the same missions. Yes. So um, I think that being a digital nomad is possible for, for anyone. But I think that it's not, it isn't for everyone. And also something to note as a digital nomad as well is 
being consistent and also managing your time and being organized this yes. is really important because if you can't manage your time um <laughs> if you get distracted really easily then that's going to be really really tough for you because your clients aren't going to be happy if you're not going to be if you're not doing work and you know if you are just maybe you're you're still working for your nine-to-five company but you're able to do it remote and exactly. you know maybe you're someone who needs that micromanagement maybe you can't be autonomous and and work solo so um yeah I think I don't think it's for everyone I don't think that everyone would want to do it but I think that if they really wanted to they could right because my question to you is like now that the world is changing and you know everything's going digital what's going to happen to those who are who do like to physically be you know in um in the office or just kind of just do that regular thing that they do every day and escape their home, what are they going to do once, I guess, it's been taken over by other things? Mm. So that's, well, it's inevitable. Yeah, I think it's inevitable that that's going to happen. And just how we have done for millions of years, we have to adapt. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to adapt. And, you know, a lot of people think that being a digital nomad, you just work from home. And I think it's because of the whole coronavirus situation where a lot of people were working from home and yeah. they're like, oh, I don't know if I could be a digital nomad because, you know, I just like to get outside of the house. And to be honest, I don't really work from home that much. Yeah. I like to work from cafes. I like mm-hmm. to work from co-working spaces. So just really um, thinking about your options and, you know, you don't have to work from the beach if you don't want to if you know that that's not going to be productive for you have a look at the nearest co-working space in your area and work from there instead yeah that's actually a really great idea um yeah since we just got here two weeks ago so I think uh, we did find quite a few co-working spaces in Lisbon so can't wait to check that out though Mm. yeah I heard that um it's there's a massive digital nomad scene in, in Lisbon so yeah. I'm kind of actually. I want to definitely gonna head to to Lisbon. Um, I was thinking about this year, but the thing is, it's gonna be cold soon. So oh, yeah. <laughs> um, probably next year, I'll definitely head and do a road trip around Europe. Yeah, um, and when you do come, please give me a shout. I'd love to meet up with you. Yes, a hundred percent. Awesome. Also, um, just another question for you here um what is the difference in mindset between someone who is willing to take the leap to start their own business uh versus someone who is stuck in their job and what then is the first step towards the mindset change yeah so i think the mindset is 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 always the hardest part yeah as it is to my clients all the time the mindset is the hardest part because the action the action, when you think about it, is actually easy. The action yeah. would be to quit the job and, you know, start working on your own business or go traveling or whatever it is. Um, the action is easy. It's the mindset that holds people back because people then start to doubt themselves. And they're like, oh, can I really do it, though? Am I qualified enough? I've never done this before. Yeah. What are the terrorist attacks in this country? You know, but what if, what if, what if? Um, so mindset is definitely the, the thing that, I guess, prevents people from, I guess, taking that leap. And I think the first thing to start with mm-hmm. is to think about your why. Right. 
That is the number, yeah, that is the number one thing that you need to know always. Mm -hmm. You need to know why you're doing it. So if you want to become a digital nomad, you want to leave your nine to five, why? Like what does, what does that actually mean for you? Does that mean that you get to spend more quality time with your family? Yeah. Does that mean that you get to build that dream business that you've always wanted to build? Mm-hmm. Does that mean that you get to travel the world? Does that mean that you get to leave a job that you're not passionate about? Yeah. Um, and yeah, just really thinking about that why, because whenever we have the down days, when we feel like we're not good enough or we compare mm-hmm. ourselves to other people and you know, maybe we have a really shitty month, that why is going to help us move forward. Absolutely. So, and Speaking of why, what is your why? <laughs> yeah, my why. There's a few whys for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and my why doesn't have anything to do with materialistic things. I know some people are like, I you know, want to do this so I can buy this fancy car or buy a big house. And yeah. I'm actually a minimalist, so that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so my why is to, to have the freedom I've always wanted freedom. I don't like people telling me what to do. I don't like the rat race. Um, I always wanted to be my own boss and and have my own business. I've always wanted to be financially independent. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that when I have my own kids, I have my own family, that I can support them financially um, and still be there for them as well. So, you know... You know, not me and my partner going going to work for you know 12 hours a day and not really having energy to to hang out with our kids like I want the kids to be involved you know I want to have that kind of experience um and yeah but I think I think one of the, the biggest ones like I said before is honestly yeah. the the freedom freedom Absolutely. the freedom yeah. exactly that's I agree with that um and for me I'd, I'd say the saying you know like being around family, friends, um, being able to be free and just not get caught up in the whole rat race. Um, that's one of the reasons why I even got out of, um, well, actually I got laid off. So that gave me more of an opportunity for me to just, just do it, you know, like mm. I've been planning this for one year and, you know, it, it was almost blessing in disguise when I got laid off in 2019 and I'm like, okay, this is a perfect time to just do it. And yeah. Yeah, and sometimes people just need that push. And um and I feel like since the coronavirus, you know, since the pandemic, mm-hmm. so many pe- like millions of people have lost their job. Millions yeah. of people. Exactly. So they're being forced to take themselves out of the comfort zone and try yeah. new things. Exactly. And so many people are actually surprised at how amazing they're doing now that they took that leap, that leap of faith. Yeah. Um because at the end of the day, when you're in that mode, you're like, shit, it's survival mode. You've got to make it work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then you're just panicking, right? And then when you finally kind of calm down a little, you're like, oh, my God, I'm actually thriving so much better working remotely than I did, you know, being. Mm, exactly. Um, so would you say it's crucial for someone who turns location independent to have a home base to return in, in case they ever change their mind or get tired of um, being a digital nomad? Nah, <laughs> nah I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think that's case by case. I think it completely depends on the person. 
-hmm. but me personally I am 100% gypsy I don't have a base anywhere um the place that I've lived in for the longest was in Bali yeah Yeah. I left in um in November I actually still have stuff there but yeah I don't think you need that like honestly I think just go for it Mm -hmm. and then if you do need to come back then I'm sure it's going to be, you know, not too challenging for you to find somewhere to stay when you move back. Honestly, I think the best thing to do is just take that leap. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, how about best financial tips for digital digital nomads? Like what yeah. are the best financial tips? Yeah. Hmm. Financial tips. So I haven't actually been updating it recently, but I need to get back in the groove of things. But I created a spreadsheet okay. where I track I track all of my um, income and everything going out, everything yeah. coming in and everything going out. Um, basically just allows me to manage my finances better. And it doesn't even matter how small the expense was, even if it's a coconut on the beach, it costs like $2. Just tracking everything so you know where your money's going. Yeah. Um, also I'd say, hmm, when you're staying place, it's, it's difficult because it's like, if it's a backpacker, or if it's a long-term traveler or working on, it's kind of like different, but yeah. when you stay in places long-term, it's always going to be cheaper to rent monthly. So, um, I would definitely recommend doing that. It's definitely better for the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always more expensive when you rent somewhere for a night or for a week as opposed to renting somewhere for a month. Month, yeah. Um, and, yeah, just, I don't know, just just be sensible. I think if you're not, especially if you're not working as well, mm-hmm. If yeah, if you're not working, then you really do need to keep an eye on the savings because they are just going to go before you know it. Um, if you, if you are working, then it's not so bad, especially if you're living in Asia, like I was living in Bali and (laughs) your money, even if you, even if you tried to spend a lot of money, you can't, (laughs) it's It's like really difficult to spend money. Yeah. It's literally like cheap as chips, isn't it? It's so cheap. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah, Mexico is cheap, but when I compare it to Bali, Mexico is so expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear, um, especially if you want to live, like, obviously, um, a better life there, right? Um, my next question to you is, what is the most mentally challenging part about being a digital nomad? Hmm, mentally challenging part. Or what do you think? I think... Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say one of the, and this actually goes back to your first question about the, um, the drawbacks or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, I think having to do visa runs actually. Oh my gosh, <laughs> um, that's my struggle yeah. Right <laughs> yeah. Because obviously you're not a resident in that country. So, um, for most places you only have, a certain period of time where you can be in that country and then you have to leave and then come back. And depending on where you are, for example, Bali, you could leave, you could leave and then come back the same day if you wanted to. But in places like Vietnam, you have to leave for 30 days before you come back. So yeah. So visa runs can be a bit of a hassle. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. can kind of take you out of your groove um, if you have to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. How about Lisbon? Since I am in Lisbon, I got here two weeks ago. Uh, that's my question to you, actually. Um, so as a Canadian citizen, I can only be here for 30 days. Now, can I just like, say if I want to go to the UK, can I just kind of go there and come back in the same day? Or does it have to be a certain amount of dates? So I'm not 100% sure for Europe, to be mm-hmm. completely honest. Um, so you would definitely have to check. I don't even know if, if different countries are different. Yeah. But you know what? You could easily just get the Euro train, get the Euro tunnel <laughs> yeah. to, um, to France or something or mm-hmm. um, Spain. You know, it's super close. So you could easily just get the train to another country, go there for the weekend and then go back. Right, right. Um, that makes sense. But you'd have to you'd have to double check. You'd have to yeah. double check. I want to give you false information. <laughs> Definitely. No. Um, awesome. That's great. And another okay, I know you don't have a crystal ball or anything here, but uh, <laughs> um what were Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, maybe that's missing. Um <laughs> but what were or do you see the digital nomad lifestyle? in both 10 and 20 years? I see it thriving, honestly. Okay. So um, what's the statistic? The statistic is something like in the next, I think it's by 2035, there's going to be over 1 billion digital nomads. 2030. Oh, 2030, yeah. Over 1 billion digital nomads. So, (laughs) you know, that is only 10 years' time from now. So imagine 20. Everything is going to be digital. If you even look at everything now, the way that we live our lives, the way that we do banking, the way that we connect with each other, everything is, everything is digital. That's insane because and now things are going to get much, you know, complicated, much harder. Uh, so it's, you always have to be on top of everything, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And um, so for example, like, how to make that initial major leap to the nomadic lifestyle from having that stable, I think you've already answered that, but from having that stable nine to five job, like how can somebody just like, if somebody wants to make that leap today, just listening to this podcast, what can Mm -hmm. they do? (laughs) Okay. So we already know the first step. The first step is to figure out the why. Yeah. And then the second step is to, Obviously, if you wanted to start working online, try and find something before you leave. If you are someone who is someone, if you are someone who needs to be a little bit more prepared, then maybe find a remote job before you leave. So start that process. Start thinking about the transferable skills that you have to offer, yeah. and then um, putting that in a in a package, and then um, offering that service to you know, a, a, um, a segment of, of people. So uh, to a market. Right. Right. Um, and then, yeah. And then, you know, get a couple of clients on board. So, you know, that you're traveling, but you're still getting income in every single week, every single month, every single year. Um, for the people who are a little bit more spontaneous, like me, (laughs) just do it. (laughs) Honestly, just do it. I, I am someone who, I just do it. I just, I actually did a, I did a skydive, not a skydive. I did a bungee jump in New Zealand. Are you serious? Oh my gosh. It was incredible. Um, but I remember 
I remember just, I was standing at the back and the guy was like, okay, you can go now. And I was like, ah, I was like, oh my God, the fear kicked in. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? Oh my God. Ah, shit. Ah. And he's like, breathe. And I breathed. And he was like, do you want to look over the edge? And I was like, no way. And me. <laughs> yeah. And then I just said to myself, I don't even know where it came from. I just said, go hard or go home. And I just ran off and just jumped off that ledge. Oh my and I decided that every single thing that I do in life, I'm just going to go hard or go home. I'm not going to creep over the edge. I'm not going to do all of that shit that's going to, you know, put even more fear in me. Yeah. I'm just going to go for it. So for those of you that know you're unhappy in your job, you know that you want more out of life. You know that you are capable of more. And you know that you want freedom. Yeah. Then I would just say, just do it. Because what is the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is that it doesn't really turn out the way you wanted it to. So you go back home, get another job, get an apartment, and then you're back, back to where you were before. Yeah, exactly. Um, wow, that was, whew, that got me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that really got me there. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because it just made me realize what worse can happen, you know, when you are constantly scared. And I think fear kicks in, you know, um, it's, and that's the thing, though, I think fear is something most people are genuinely so scared of that they don't even try. And I think that's one mm. thing that when you're scared of something the most, that's when you should try and push yourself. 100%. And to me, the only form of failure is just not even trying. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you can't try anything that doesn't work out the way that you wanted it to mm -hmm. is a lesson learned, is a story to share. Exactly. Wow, that's definitely incredible. Um, also, what kinds of digital nomad communities? I know you had talked about, uh, touched a bit on that. Um, but what kind of communities would you recommend a nomad to join? Communities in terms of like, Facebook groups or yeah, countries like, to go to or yeah like you know when it, say for example if I'm in Lisbon or you know somebody wants to go to Mexico tomorrow what how should they get it get hold of their communities get hold of other digital nomads um yeah like how should whether it's through Facebook or you know in a, any other way what would you yeah yeah, there's a few different options. So mm -hmm. the one of the easiest options is Facebook. Yeah. It is so easy to just type in um Play-Doh Common Expats. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean there's a group there's a group for Play-Doh Common Expats, Lisbon Expats, you know, and and you know, joining those groups and then just putting a post saying, Hey everyone, I'm new to the scene or even before you go, like, Hey, I'm coming on Thursday. I don't really know anyone, I'm traveling solo. Yeah. I'm just wondering if there's any events on. And yeah, then people will bring you in. Mm -hmm. um, another way is hostels. Hostels are so good for meeting people. Just going to a hostel, there's always going to be other solo travelers there. There's always loads of fun events on there. Yeah. Um, there's always talks and, and activities. So I definitely recommend going to a hostel, even if it's just for a few days. Yeah. Um, and even if you, know, if you don't like the whole bunk bed situation, Hostels usually have private rooms, so yeah. you can still have your private room, um, but still be able to network with people and meet new people every day. 
Absolutely. I think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then another way is the, there are apps such as Meetup. Yeah. You know, so you can, yeah, download it, the, the Meetup app and there's loads of events on there. So you just see what's on in, in that area and then, and then just turn up. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so, yeah. I used to use that when I was in Vancouver because I'm originally from Toronto. So um, I wanted to kind of, you know, the closest place I really went to on my own was Vancouver and now I'm here in Lisbon well with my boyfriend but I um, flew to Vancouver you know sold everything became a minimalist and first thing mm-hmm. I downloaded, I know <laughs> and uh, um, first thing I downloaded was meetup app and yeah I think like that definitely works yeah yeah it's so good and and that's the thing. There's so many options. It's actually crazy. I think even some of the dating apps like Tinder and Bumble, they have it like a friend, a friend bit, I think. I, I have seen um, like Bumble best BFFs, which is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've actually met people that have used that before. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we, we met on Bumble BFF. I'm like, what even is that? They're like, yeah, it's like a friend, a friend um, thing. Like you can match yourself with other friends so I was like oh that's yeah. that's so cool yeah I was like that's cool <laughs> <laughs> wow that's interesting um yeah I've seen that like just came popped in one of my ads strangely enough but <laughs> um so what are some of the most curious things you've actually seen as as you traveled around the world Hmm, curious as of like weird in terms of like culture shock like what were some of the things that really kind of you know either surprised you or just yeah okay the first one that's bringing to mind was Cambodia oh oh my gosh yes I agree yeah oh my goodness I honestly had no idea of the history in Cambodia and the Khmer Rouge yeah it was really a massive shock and the country is is so poor it's literally still recovering from the war and from the genocide Mm -hmm. so you know if you're talking with someone who is over the age of 40 yeah they have they're a survivor of the Khmer Rouge um and you know you see a lot of uh you know kids and and people that have all these deformities from Agent Orange and It's just such a poor country. Um, so I really got a massive culture shock there. Yeah. However, the um, Angkor Wat is amazing. Oh <laughs> it's God. incredible. I, yeah, I was there um, when I was doing the whole Asia, uh, Southeast Asia trip, and it's so beautiful. Just like sunset, sunrise, incredible. Mm. Yeah, it's like you're on like a different planet. Hey, it's crazy. <laughs> and what are some of your travel hacks that you can offer (laughs) travel hacks especially with COVID like oh I don't know why this question is is hard okay you might have to give me an example or give me a prompt like for example um you know somebody who wants to just start because right now people are itching to travel and what's mm-hmm. what should they do should they like obviously research is one of them kind of like you know get in touch with the embassy like you said um but what other travel hacks can people do like especially if people don't have access to planes and you know some countries don't even allow that so 
for example, like, you know, uh, people who live in Vancouver or live in Toronto, they've recently started traveling to BC because, you know, people still have that fear of leaving the country, right? And getting mm. stuck somewhere else. So things like that. Yeah, I definitely think now is a great time to explore your own country, 100%. You know, I know a lot of people that are doing, um, they're hiring like a camper van and they're doing a little trip. Yeah. Um, which looks amazing. I think that a lot, there's so many deals right now. <laughs> so, you know, if you are someone who does like to be a little bit more prepared, you can even book your flights in advance. So if you know that you want to travel maybe in December, book yeah. your flight now. It's going to be dirt cheap. Um, if you know you want to travel in April next year, book it now. It's going to be super cheap. Um, also, the Airbnbs. The Airbnbs have loads of deals on because of um, the coronavirus. So you can message the Airbnb host mm-hmm. and, yeah, just ask for a special deal. Like, we we always get special deals. When we're in Colombia, we actually got, like, 70% off of this luxury penthouse apartment Wait, because we asked for a special deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah crazy um how do you you ask for a special deal like how how does that even happen I'm sorry (laughs) yeah so I think just honestly just messaging them and saying hey John I absolutely love 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 your apartment it's so beautiful my partner and I are are coming to fire for five days and we'd absolutely love to stay I'm just wondering if you have any better deals um yeah like nothing too special is asking maybe you know do they have any special offers on or what is the best what is the best price they can give right now um and maybe even negotiating so maybe saying okay well you know we we might even extend if you could give us a good deal yeah that's a great um obviously the longer that you stay the cheaper that they're able to give it to you Mm -hmm. um yeah I'd say that they're some of the the main ones that is is just getting those those deals because everywhere is tourism is is not the best right now so people are looking at ways to to get income to get money so they're going to offer you a special deal if you ask for it but you you have to ask (laughs) yeah absolutely I think that's one thing people don't ask and um, yeah that's so important um so just to kind of because I know you talked about Airbnb like when you know everywhere you travel you like to kind of get your places from Airbnb is there any other platform that you use um, besides Airbnb, like booking.ca or .com or? I know there's, I used to use Agoda and Hostel World a lot back in the day. Mm -hmm. Agoda and booking.com, they're part of the same company. Um, But Hostel World is different. But honestly, especially when I was in in Asia and in um, living in Bali, I would honestly just, go to places I would just walk there you know I'd I'd book my accommodation for somewhere and then I'd just go on a bit of a stroll and then just look at the places around and then I'd just walk in and usually it's going to be cheaper for you to just walk in and book it because I don't have to pay the fees yeah so um yeah if you're a little bit more spontaneous I definitely would recommend just turning up and just asking them you know, what special offers do you have? Um, mm-hmm. and some of them will even show you the rooms as well before you even yeah. book it. So I definitely, you know, recommend that. Awesome. That's definitely a great tip. Um, just to kind of, I know we, I covered so many questions here with you, but um, mm-hmm. 
what just last thing I wanted to ask you, what impact would you like to make as a digital nomad or even a world traveler? Yeah, so the impact that I want to make. So I am currently a coach. So I help travelers, so backpackers, long-term travelers like me, um, you know, people who are on a working holiday visa, you know, those people are people who, they were just like me. So back in the day, I would save up a bunch of money and then I'd, you know, go traveling and then I'd constantly have to kind of watch <laughs> my spendings really closely because, you know, if I run out of money, how am I going to recover that? I can't because I'm not working. Yes. So, um, yeah, so obviously now I was able to work online. So now I dedicate my career to helping other other travelers yeah. become, become location dependent. And the easiest way for them to do that is to become virtual assistants. Right. Um, a virtual assistant role is actually one of the easiest things that you could do online because I think every virtual assistant role is going to be a little bit different depending on the business yeah but generally speaking it's um any kind of administration tasks such as invoices mm -hmm. email management data entry research social media manager um sometimes doing some maybe like newsletters or email campaigns right um and just like the the day-to-day -day administration that the business has uh -huh. they have virtual assistants so and the thing is you can do it from anywhere in the world so it's something that you can, you know, you can work with as many clients as you want to. You can charge what you want. Right. You can work as many hours in the day as you want. You can either have just a couple of clients mm -hmm. or you can create a whole agency. So I think the impact that I want to make is really helping travelers travel more right. and work less. That's amazing. Brilliant. And how can our listeners uh, reach out to you? Yeah, so you can definitely reach me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So my handle is Cherie, so that's S-H-I-R-E-E -E dot Francis, F-R-A-N-C-I-S. And my website is www.safcoaching.com. Perfect. And I will definitely be linking your website on our Spotify description. And honestly, Cherie, Today was incredible having you on From My Lens podcast and sharing your expertise and knowledge about travel hacks, um, being a digital nomad, and how to even get started. Um, so I really would like to thank you for coming on today. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me. I was super excited when you, um, when you asked me to join. And honestly, it's been such a pleasure. All right, guys. Thank you. And thank you for joining me on From My Lens Podcast. Until then, I'll see you next time. Bye now.